but it's in. <laughs> are we on? We're, we're on. Constantly we're on. varied. And I'm here with James Rankin. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? Yeah, we great. missed last week. We did miss last week. Yeah, I think I wonder, it's for the best. I really. wonder why that was. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, also here this week. Oh, my God. A special, special guest this week. Davina Dunn. Yes, you say special, special. Very special. He doesn't mean that as a compliment. Well, how are you doing? Fine. Fine. So, you're on today to talk about, like, a lot of big things going on, eh? Well, I'm on today to talk about whatever you bring up. Okay, deadly. Well, let's, before we get into that, we're going to talk about a national campaign Dorena is starting around the fitness industry. So, I think it might be interesting <laughs> for everybody to hear like about that, it. it. sounds quite daunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little idea Dorena has. Around fitness industry. But we'll get into that. Before that, don't forget to follow us on Spotify. James is delighted I always forget to do that I know I'm remembering more and more so um, we're also going to finish off with a few of usual slots but we're going to get into this big topic first before that before that James have you signed up for the open yet no <laughs> either have I, I feel a little bit embarrassed by it but yeah I will have you t- how many people have you told to sign up for the open <laughs> like 60 I feel like you're calling me I don't know if I've told anybody to sign up for it yet actually okay um, well, maybe maybe once right at the start of January but no Still plenty of time. We have four We're going to start on the 1st of it. Tomorrow, we'll start talking about it more. We'll start talking about yeah. it more. Yeah, we've got four weeks. Um, first workout is the, the like the last day of February gets announced. We have our first workout on the 1st of March. We are training for this thing. So um, it's not quite as defined as our usual training process because we don't know what the workouts are going to be. But yeah. it's definitely uh, the main thing that's been discussed in the programming every week as yeah, we're, week, yeah. des- we're designing the workout. So we're getting ready for this thing. It's the most fun three weeks of the year. So um, if you if you if the thought enters your head to sign up, like just go and do it yeah. because it's one of those things that can just slip by all the time. 100%. Um, so get yourself signed up for that. Um, Let's get into this thing then, Doreen. Let's just dive in straight away. There is um, plenty going on for you, right? And yes. you've got this campaign that you had this idea about that's been running around your head for, it's probably a few months. And you've been like systematically going, okay, how would I approach this? How would I start it? Where would I go? And you've been working your way to a point where you're kind of launching a national campaign now. So t- tell us, what is it for? Well, maybe it's better to take a step back and explain how the the concept began. And um, as anyone who knows me listening to this is probably aware, I am slightly delusional. Um, And something comes into my head and I can say, well, let's make it happen. Um, So while traveling with work um, and my day job involves a a lot of uh, work for um, Merck in terms of working with FDA and approvals for, for uh, certain drugs, etc. Um, I started to look at, okay, what what positions is there in other countries in relation to gyms, etc. And the reason for that is I look at our industry, um, the fitness industry, and it really doesn't get the recognition it deserves within society for the huge contribution it can play. And I think part of that is, as an industry, we're, we're kind of shy um and don't recognize that we employ nearly eighteen thousand people that when you when you take that into account that's more gps than are in ireland but we don't take into account the positive effects it has on people's health etc we tend to talk about and i even see sometimes coaches saying or trainers saying i'm only a so there there's this you know 
lack of confidence in our industry. And I really wanted to try and address that. Um, so I started to look at policy positions in other jurisdictions. And I noticed both in, in Canada and in New Zealand and Australia, they have what is called an activity tax credit. And that's whereby they recognize the critical role that gyms play in the health and the well-being of a nation. And as such, they treat it as they would treat medicine um, or going to the doctor as part of a solution to a health problem. And as such, they give you a tax credit on it. So like going to like going to the doctor or like getting a prescription, you can write it off against tax because ultimately it is making you healthier. Um, and in parallel to that, we look at the precursor to the drug, the illness is fitness. Um, and certain jurisdictions have started to recognize and across Europe, the important role that gyms and fitness play in preventative health measures. And I want to make sure that as a society that is as accessible uh, to everyone. And part of that is reducing the barrier to entry. Part of that is making it more accessible and feasible. When we're in a, an economy where the, there's a cost of living crisis, and I, I'm, I'm sure everyone is sick of hearing people say that, people have to make conscious decisions how they spend their money. And for some people, it's a considered choice whether they can go to a gym or not, because it's a luxury. Um, and it's not a luxury, it's an essential. And I wanna help make sure that as many people as possible can do that. And part of the campaign, and it's a far broader campaign than just one issue, is to get the recognition that gyms deserve in terms of the critical role they play, and B, get a tax credit such that people can go to the gym and the barrier to entry is lowered because it isn't a fiscal, um, uh, fiscal objection. Yeah, so, okay, so much in that. Sorry. Uh, that is, <laughs> no, but brilliant, That's that's kind of sums it up beautifully and it, it does there's a couple of things first of all james you'll be able to speak to this like there's a lack of seriousness around the industry isn't there <laughs> like it does feel like one of those like the frivolous thing because yeah. we talked about vanity recently that gyms are associated with people just going there to look really good yeah. and we know that that's not the only type of gym that, that exists and we know that the training we do here we're building performance, and that can even seem like a bit of a luxury in life. Yeah. But in uh, in the coaches' minds, all the time is like, we know where this ends up because, you know, because of our training, because of um, all of the education we go through, we have that that eye on longevity all the time. All the time. And I know the people in my life who are getting older, like, its strength and function, is often the thing that is actually the thing that's missing. Isn't that true? Well, just to that point, I think the perception is that most people in January go back to the gym because they put on a few pounds over Christmas and they're trying to lose weight and it's associated with an aesthetic. But that's the old paradigm of a gym. Um, there's been recent surveys done by Europe Active um, and they questioned what are people's motivations to go to the gym. And you will be surprised. The number one reason for people to go to the gym is to feel better and feel healthier. Um, and uh, the dem in parallel to that, the demographic of gym goers has dramatically shifted. Whereas when we were growing up and there wasn't that many gyms, you know, it was people in their 20s and 30s. Now the demographic of gyms is, is over 35s. There is obviously a cohort 20 to 25s, but the vast majority of people in gyms, particularly functional fitness gyms like our own, um, are over 35. And the reason for that is because they see a value in having a long, healthy life. It's not about, well, <laughs> you know, it does help looking good. <laughs> As she laughs, vainly. But 
that's not the driver and that's not we should see ourselves we're providing a critical service to people and as people get older what we're doing here and what other gyms throughout the country hundreds and thousands are doing are making people's lives better um and i, I think as an industry you need to recognize the important role you play you will never hear someone say i am just a doctor yeah for sure absolutely and like james i know you recently on the internship you covered one topic which was around the health the like sickness the wellness fitness yeah, yeah, continuum yeah. and you brought up like the leg strength side of things yeah so like that's that's surprising for people i think when they hear it that there's the there's the usual more intuitive things around health which is around like blood pressure and and, yeah. and all the things that the doctor will tell you about i posted something on linkedin the other day about i found a, a really good video from uh, stephen cutler yeah um about of the flow guy yeah yeah, the yeah. flow guy yeah in our country about aging with with purpose and all that and he was saying um that the studies were showing that the number one factor in, in longevity now is leg strength yeah just the muscle mass that's associated with that and the the degradation that doesn't happen or happens significantly slower and with less impact because of what yeah. they're able to do yeah and i i remember you were talking this this is the bit that always sticks with me like if you're going to backslide from a position yes like the you know adding 10 kilos to your back squat is a fun thing to do because we're like i'm more capable now i've hit a pr you're playing the game in the gym yeah but those 10 kilos are where you're backsliding from if you're going to backslide at some point so you're sli sliding back to a position of much better wellness than if you're say if your your back squat is 80 kilos and you're going sliding back to 40 yeah big difference sudden, yeah than f going from 120 back to 100 and sometimes those numbers lose me sometimes even as a coach but i even think about it like the average person is like 75 to 85 kilos and if you can squat 150 kilos and then as you get older and you're slightly less capable and that keeps going that keeps going that keeps going but you're in your 60s and you can still back squat 85 kilos like that's an average man on your back that you can sit down and stand up with it's just you're just so ready to take on anything and the, the risk of you not being able to get up the stairs or not being able to i know get a, a grandchild or someone down from a bunk bed is just it's not a thought anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And the other point that Stephen Cutler was making was when your leg strength diminishes, you're less likely to leave the house when you get older. And then you're like one of the biggest other factors is your social relationships suffer yeah. because you're not able to go places. You're not able to go and mix with people. So the leg strength for that reason alone is giant. Never mind the stopping yourself falling. Yeah. Never mind being able to just uh, having that that bit of robust buffer zone that you know you've got something to work with a bit extra that's something like stings me loads at, at the minute actually because my my dad broke his back like six or seven years ago and he like he walks around with crutches now but like the blood flow doesn't go to his legs very well so he's constantly swollen around his knees and his ankles in particular the muscles aren't working properly and all that so he's in this vicious cycle now where it's very uncomfortable to walk but the thing that'll get him better is walking Mm -hmm. but it hurts to walk and he has to he has to walk but he can't walk he has to walk and he can't walk and he spends more and more and more time in the house on his own and he, he like he just lives with his dog so it's like he has someone walk the dog for him once a day because he can only do it once rather than two or three times and it's just all these little things and even when he comes down to visit like it's a 300k drive for him he has to stop once or twice to get like everything's harder he can't just get in the car and come down and see his granddaughter because his legs aren't functioning as well so yeah. it's one of those things where I'm like on the floor and sometimes we talk about this where we feel a bit preachy about it, but 
the other side of it in my head is I'm like I literally see the worst case scenario of this playing out in front of me yeah. all the time yeah yeah and I, I know I know for, for, like my dad is in a similar boat he's had huge brain hemorrhage like stroke two heart attacks in the last decade but the thing that's in, in, in um, impinges his life most is his swollen ankle like he just can't get around the world as easily and it's everything like every long walk everything he has to go to is we have to take into account like he's going to be slow this is going to be exhausting for him because he's got this ankle thing so it's the physical function thing can have such a big impact it's not just the like the risk factors of death health is and function is about like how well do i live in the world as well so as you can hear, Darina, we're all in. <laughs> we're, we're all in on, on the whole point, I think right? The, the thing is, you know, what you're both saying is very valid. But there's also, you know, it's not just about the, the negative things that happen in your life. It's about the positive things. It's, you may have seen the, the, the Instagram post recently from CrossFit with a 73-year-old man yeah. jumping my height, you know, landing on a box and walking off. That is a man who's living a full life. You know, I... Um, and the difference, and again, my own mum is very, very sick. The difference in seeing people my mum's age and that man, because they're the same age, is that, well, there's luck and there's genetics. But the things that you can control um, is your fitness levels in some regards and the impact that functional fitness gyms and the fitness industry play in that is critical, you know. Um, and we see with the cost of healthcare going absolutely through the roof, I think we spent 23 billion this year in terms of um health, healthcare costs over 1 billion more than we had anticipated and still we have huge waiting lists you know so part of this campaign is wait not waiting lists i'm sounding like a politician <laughs> i apologize but the reality is this makes a fundamental difference and no one can argue with that but i think there's a paradigm shift that people need to take and i think that's one gyms need to recognize the important role they play and take their position in society and two, I think there needs to be a shift and a, a decoupling of the word fitness and sport. Because we see as a government, they give huge funding to sport. Like 124 million was committed to sport. Um, but they see sport and fitness as the same thing. Um, and it's just yeah, not. Yeah, and, and fitness is like a tiny, like. like we got 40,000 of that. Yeah, like it's. Of 124 million. Like it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of a percent, yeah. Well, they don't, you say, in the, and again, this is, there's two things going on here. It's historic and there's, there's a lot of people involved, very strong lobbies from the GAA, from rugby, who do incredible jobs. But the reality is, and I'm not saying they shouldn't get funding, they shouldn't get support. I think they 100% should. But the reality is, we take GAA for an example. Last year, I think they got, 27 or 28 million um but most people stop doing GAA post-primary you know as they get to their 20s so when they need to be doing fitness um mm. they're not they're watching so, it so we're saying that they're involved in the local GAA but a lot of people stop actually playing yeah. so if you listen yeah, to GAA yeah, yeah. they'll say that they have 600,000 members which is, is probably true I'm not but the reality of maybe 10% of that less actually play the sport so in terms of having an impact on the health and fitness of society mm -hmm. it's not as much as it could be um yeah, in parallel so just just in, in parallel to that we also see that um the demographics associated with that is very different you know so in in societies where we see population increases like in dublin etc we see less people participating in sport and more people doing fitness yeah so, so, but so hold on shift. hold on Sorry. so the the personal fitness thing 
Hmm. So do you do you know like I know the numbers around that are are pretty big, right? Oh, huge. So if you take the amount of people doing personal fitness, about sixteen percent of the population, um, and you're going to be surprised by this statistic, that's more than rugby, football, and running combined. So you combine the three biggest sports per se in Ireland, and they don't match the number of people doing personal fitness and swimming. Yeah, and this is kind of ties in. Remember, we were talking to you know just to change topic for a second, Filthy 150, we were talking to sponsors and there was a whole, um, there was a whole discussion around Nike. Yeah. And when they came into the CrossFit world and they brought out the Metcon, something dawned on them after they released it. It sold like way better than they thought. And they realized, oh, this like, the gym is like a different, if you, if you look at it like if it's its own sport, it's much bigger than all the other sports because all the other sports are segmented into different categories. This is like so many people who play a sport also go to the gym. And it's a category that is probably ignored as a big cohort, as a big single cohort. And I think you can even see that when you see Ireland Active, who are, are great, and we'll talk about them maybe later, but they're the association that represents gyms and the fitness industry in Ireland. And even when you're talking to them, the conversation is around sport in a lot of senses so there has to be that decoupling so people understand and recognize the position that the fitness industry play so just can you spell out then what you're trying to advocate for then like how would this thing work that you're trying to change the tax credit i think there's a number of different things and this is part of a bigger policy plan and um there's and it's not just me um i i may have started the conversation but we have significant parties now involved and and to be honest with you it feels like i i'm pushing an open door um we've the institute of public health policy in ireland recommended the policy we've we've spoken to pwc in terms of of drafting the policy document so really it's about putting an, an overarching policy in place where we help support uh, and recognize the position that gyms are and there's numerous things in that there's a big campaign but the number one thing we will be pushing for in the next budget is a tax credit um, similar to what you get at the moment for um, for medicine and doctors, which means that if you're going to a gym, that you take that barrier of entry out. Um, so at the end of the year, say you've paid X amount of tax, you could write off, you could get a, a refund of that tax. Yeah, so like right. you do now, if you if you have um, if you're doing your tax at the end of the year, that you can claim back your medical expenses. That this will be considered. Um, a, a medical expense so it's like a preventative health measure that's yeah. what we're saying so rather than looking at the cure the medicine side that we're saying that if we if we look at it from the side of if you're more active we're going to prevent lots of stress on the health system and we're going to live a healthier life because of that and so it's not it's not just us that recognize that it's globally if you look at insurance companies now they're they are reducing their policies for people to attend gyms the the facts are there and um, it's happening in other jurisdictions and it's working um, and let's be honest we need to try a new a different approach there has to be ways to prevent people getting Th this hospitals. is a thing in other countries is it yeah it's already implemented in in canada australia new zealand um albania actually which is strange yeah albania yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's, um, that was so one there's, yeah there's other jurisdictions that are doing it and it's working yeah amazing okay very cool it's a it's a big undertaking eh? sorry one i have one question for you on that as well um in order to do this are there certain gyms that will count towards it like does a gym have to be registered to a certain area or can you go to any fly fit any crossfit gym any like little pt studio and they all count i think movement is movement 
um, and people getting active is the most important thing. We see in other jurisdictions, like in Canada, you have to activity has to be related to either car cardiomuscular or a, a number of parameters to drive it to be considered um, a reputable organization to be part of the conversation. In real terms, um, if things get too complex, they don't get used. Um, and we saw that with the, you know, the energy tax credit uh, for businesses. No one claimed that money because it was too complex. We want to encourage people to move. This isn't me. This isn't about me promoting CrossFit gyms, functional fitness gyms. This is about me getting people more active or trying to engage in that conversation and really, you know, getting people to recognize going to the gym is a critical part of your health. Um, regardless if that gym is us or FlyFit or wherever it is. And I really like the idea of it being across the board because we don't want this to be something that increases health inequality. We don't want some, this to be something that just benefits the wealthy gyms or people that go to those gyms. We want, if you're going to FlyFit, you know, that 30 euros a month is a considered purchase for someone. We want to make help that, easy, that easier, you know? Um, so it's everyone that, if it involves you getting moving, it should be involved in this policy. They're amazing. Okay, so let's let's jump forward to like how you're launching this thing. I know you're organizing this conference, right? So do you want to tell people like what it is, when it's happening, and what the story is with it? Uh, well, I mentioned a moment ago uh, Ireland Active, who are the representative body. And in order to put a policy position, it really helps if you have a number of key industry uh, and decision makers involved. In the discussion so um before christmas i said <laughs> i'm going down to ireland active i'm going to meet the ceo and i'm going to get him to support this policy so off we went <laughs> i i dragged jamie to a, a conference um and to be honest with you uh, i was a little surprised about the nature of the conference it was very different than the fitness world that i know um so I met with the CEO, Carl, who was great and recognized that there probably needed to be a broadening of the base within. Yeah, so they kind of represent a more traditional style of yeah. gym, like a local like leisure center style where, you know, you have the swimming pool, the cardio deck. That style of gym is probably the the only type of gym yeah. largely in that room, right? So you, you came away going, uh, this actually is only a tiny piece of yeah. the whole and, industry uh, yeah and i think especially in ireland uh, where we see in nearly every small town now either a crossfit or a crossfit type gym or some functional fitness gym which is really driving that community element which is so important to you know local communities mental health etc etc so i spoke to carl i said this needs to be part of who you represent but you need to get an understanding of who they are and there was complete recognition that that needs to happen and as a result they gave us funding to put together a conference um and i spoke to several gym owners not just crossfits um and even crossfits that would be considered our competition you know um and asked them okay what do you want to see what do you know about ireland active what do you feel needs to happen in order for gyms to contribute what they can to Irish society? And that was a, a big learning curve. I, I spoke to nearly a, a, exactly 57 gym owners <laughs> um, and got their opinions. Um, and on that basis, we put together this conference and this conference will involve um, functional fitness gyms from all over Ireland. Um, at the moment, we have 148 gyms signed up. I'm hoping we can get to the 200. Um, Initially, it was meant to be 100 and we moved to a different location to, due to demand. And what we're going to do there is one, um, upskill the community by having 
world-renowned Ben Bergeron talk about chasing excellence um, and his workshop. Um, again, I know this has a huge has had a huge influence on our gyms, but from speaking to people that have attended his conferences, they are just world class. Um, and in parallel to that, um, the CEO of Ireland Active will do a Q&A session talking about um, what they do and also how they benefit gyms in terms of new policies they're putting in place specifically to recognize functional fitness gyms and where they fit into to the fitness community in Ireland. And thirdly, I will be launching this concept, um, this project. Um, we have a full project plan. We have a full project team. And this isn't something that's going away. Deadly. Amazing. And you know something? Like, these these gatherings of owners have been organized over the years. Like, we'd say, we're, let's get a gym owner gathering. Like, we have so much in common. We can learn from, from lots from each other. And we can build our network. They get organized. And less than 10 owners show up to these things. They're always, like, an absolute damn squib. They're, they never really work for some reason. I think there's probably lots of tribalism, lots of suspicion, probably a bit of fear around, I don't know what I'm walking into with these things. So like the last one I went to was online, like it was a Zoom call and there was six gyms on it. And this was organized by CrossFit themselves. They had a representative on it, like six gyms got on the call. And that was the whole of Ireland, uh, the whole island as well. So it's it's not an easy thing to do to get gym owners together is the, is the point. I mean, um, to get this group together is is a real achievement in itself. And I think it's going to be really interesting when people come in. I think what you've done is given them a, a cause to rally around, which is like we can play this role. I think this style of gym is, is just naturally playing that role in their local area anyway. And now it's like, well, yeah, th that side of our gym could get recognized here and we could probably band together on something that will make a big impact. So I think that's a really cool thing that they're actually coming in their droves to this. I'm really appreciative of it. Uh, to be honest with you, when we decided to host this conference, um, I'm nervous. I was on that call with you. So when Jamie says there was six, there was actually four gyms because there was us two. Um, <laughs> so it, it is hard um, because naturally especially functional fitness crossfit gyms tend to be entrepreneurs they tend to be singular in, in their thinking in some regards and that's why they're drawn to that profession um but i do think and we see that even from events you know there is a community there and together something can be achieved here and i really think it's important that we here have everyone's voice because i have an opinion but it's it's narrow it's from my blinkered position um from talking to those gym owners when we were putting together an ask for Ireland Active, I got a real understanding that there's lots of things that other people have issues with or know and have can get support from or give. Um, they just haven't been given a voice yet. Mm -hmm. um, and what I hope this conference can be the start of a collective voice that takes in an overarching um, an overarching policy and position not just one person driving it so as I said this is going to be a project team that are driving this the inputs that we get from the gym owners um, on the weekend of the tent um, is critical um, and this is something that I, I believe we can genuinely do together. And I hate that, you know, uh, let's do this together. La, 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 la. But <laughs> like <laughs> everything in me, like, like I want to vomit in my own mouth when I say that. But like, yeah, yeah. This you, is how things happen. It is how yeah, things happen. Yeah. It does need a bit of energy behind yeah. it, which needs people come together on it. And yeah. I really hope that gyms can believe in themselves. Like, yeah. you know, I, I like it's so it's so amazing when I listen to 
coaches like yourselves and like really great people undervalue what they do like i'm in an industry where people big themselves up the whole time and honestly they're not fit to sit in the same room with me, some of you guys you know um so but it's the truth you know and really i really want individual coaches gym owners to recognize who they are and the position they play because ultimately they are going to be the reason now as we get into 70s 80s and 90s we're having a, a valuable healthy enjoyable life none of us want to live a ni- to 90 and not enjoy it yeah absolutely and and i think like one thing for sure is what we're doing right now as a society is not working all of the, the health numbers are going in the wrong direction even though like like you mentioned sport earlier like i i love sport more than anything that's my my passion it's not getting it done on its own so like it needs we need like to come at it from all angles so some people will play sports lots of people will go to a gym some people will attack it from like other aspects might maybe it's like a yoga or something like that but i think starting somewhere is the key because it's the other lifestyle factors that start falling into place once you start doing something agreed sorry just on the the conference because i'm quite intrigued by it the whole ben bergeron thing's exciting but i'm wondering and, and Doreen as well. Don't Doreen. forget Doreen. Doreen's really exciting as well. Yeah, well I'm getting, I get to sit in the room with you now, so I'm already excited. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering, like we talk about gym owners and not being a gym owner, I see the the gatherings happen and I'm like, oh, I wonder, like, would I be, like, is that something I'd be interested in? And it's the same with this conference. I'm like, is it for the gym owners or is it for all coaches in all spheres here involved in this industry as well? That's a really good question. Um, and I apologize if I made it sound like it's specifically for gym owners. What we want to do is have people there that want to drive this industry forward. And a lot of that is senior coaches. Um, because in, in a lot of gyms, we see that it's actually the coaches that are making the difference. The owner, I hear so much now is I want to work on the business, not in the business. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, we hear that more and more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, which is which is valid, but the reality is, it's the senior coaches that are driving the the methodology that is used, the programming, the act, having the actual impact. So, I would say, if you are a coach who wants to drive the industry forward and to get better, this conference is for you. Um, the reality is, we don't get the likes of Ben Bergeron and Irish style very often. So, for that alone. It's worth being there and also maybe to help you recognize that your job is critical and important and you see so many people now in the industry you know want to do it but they don't feel that they can have a life or a valid career from it and i i hope this conversation and this campaign can be begin a, a shift of a mindset in in coaches um that what they're doing is important it needs to be remunerated correctly and in order to do that it needs support and part of that is this policy so getting more people into the door will make the gyms more successful which in turn will help them pay their staff more so it'll be a valid valid career option for for people absolutely okay now your sales pitch is over okay so we're, we have more you got to go into you sound I, you actually yeah you actually sound different now so we, <laughs> I, I want i actually want to get into dorina mode just for 10 minutes so we that can was, Doreen, <laughs> that makes me sound awful. no i think you did an amazing job in in um 
in describing like the problem that we're trying to solve and the the, the big push that you're putting behind i know it really comes from a genuine place because i live with yeah. you all the time and I, I know that that's really real right so so no, no but i just want to like I've, look i've been in sales for a few years i'm not saying <laughs> many um <laughs> And it's natural in me to try and sell something, including myself, including anything. It's just how I am. But this isn't coming from a sales place. I genuinely believe this. Um, and like, it's irrelevant. But my father passed away at 49 from a lifestyle disease, you know. Um, and I look in the last 30 years, I haven't had him. And he hasn't been involved in what has been some of the best years of my life. And that got taken away from him and got taken away from me. Um, and yeah, I am going to sell this, but I'm selling it from the, for me for the, for the first time ever <laughs> for <laughs> from a good place. <laughs> Not, <good> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the commission. Perfect, Jamesy. Okay, Delhi. Let's let's lighten the mood, right? Let's just finish off with a couple of recommendations. We got a bit of Would You Rather. I want to hear. I can't wait to hear what Doreen has to say about this one. <laughs> this will uh, be wild. Yeah. So we've been doing these recommendations, right? Yeah. Um, so let's talk uh, business recommendations today rather than like Netflix or whatever else. So uh, this is a recommendation Can based Netflix on... Netflix be the business recommendation? Of, of course, <laughs> of course. And, and we were discussing beforehand, it's not really about the product that they make, it's mm -hmm. more about the way they do business is impress you. So when you go in, you're like, I like how these people operate. I, don't, I like how they you know, treat me or I, I like their values, whatever. So James, have you got nothing for us so, there? This one's weird, right? Because I've not been here. Oh. So. It, admiring it, from afar. Admiring from afar. There's a coffee shop called um, Unfiltered Coffee. Um, Blanche Direction. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> where it is. Dublin. Let's say it's <laughs> in Dublin. It's in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. But I follow their Instagram. And they post on their story every night. This is a coffee shop that opens at like, say, 8 or 9 a.m. Closes at 4 or 5 p.m. The same as everyone else. And then their attitude is, then we start to work. They close the doors and then they start to work. They filter and create all their own water. They're like the water supply. There was a big water supply thing around here recently, right? And they create all their own water and then they test all these different coffees and they're making all the different filter coffees, all the different espressos and timing it and testing the temperature over and over and over again right up until like midnight 1 a.m 2 a.m sometimes and then they close the doors they go home and they just do it again the next day and they're just like their attitude around it seems to be you can make coffee or you can make coffee right and it's just one of those things where i'm like oh they have that that level of excellence and that level of desire where it's like yeah you can have a coffee or you can have the most amazing perfectly made well-executed coffee in the whole entire world so i just keep finding reasons it's a bank quality this weekend coming isn't it yeah so we were talking about Jill and I just taking Paige somewhere to go play in a playground. And it's like, I'm going to try find one around there just so I can get a coffee. It's, it's in Shakur. Thanks. Then not Blanche. Not Blanche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just on their Instagram here. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Like the, the videos they They make. made their own st uh, bar stools. Like they just spent a night, half of them were testing the coffee and doing the water thing. And then the other half were like making different bar stools because they seen this sushi place in Japan that had these bar stools found out how they made them and then started making them themselves just this real like self-sufficient highly driven place and it's like if you're not mad into coffee we don't want to work with you that's their attitude yeah a little bit. yeah, yeah. So I'm I, really see excited to I, go. See, I see it yeah that that will be worth a trip right yeah 
Absolutely. And I'm into that nonsense as well. You're into that nonsense, 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. So, Doreen, have you got a recommendation for us? This is like a really stupid question for you to ask me. And <laughs> the reason I say this is... Uh, myself and Jamie are those arseholes that go to every place and, and rate it, you know, what do you think of the staff? What do you think of you? <laughs> every yeah. single business, you know? Um, yeah, even when we go on holiday, <laughs> very rare occasion, um, we're in a hotel, we're there 10 minutes. So what would you give to reception? Um, so yeah. yes, I would have <laughs> things that I would uh, recommend. And for me, it's probably Sweaty Betty. Um, and the reason So this I, is the apparel company. Yeah. Oh, the reason I say that is um, they do a really broad range of sizes. Um, the material feels really good. So although they're a little bit more expensive, they last very well. Um, but the thing I like most about them is their customer service. You get to, you can five or six items, you try them on, you can return them. Um, the refund policy is excellent. Uh, it, it's just a seamless process like i never have to consider will i buy something from sweaty betty because maybe it doesn't fit and that's very unusual online and it's hassle to send back i fill my basket probably isn't probably the most ecologically correct thing to do um but, but i so, don't so buy stuff often so no, no so you they send you the stuff you try it on if it doesn't fit you just send it back and the money's back in your account but how do you send it back it's it comes with an addressed envelope so the whole process is seamless and they will even come to your door and collect it or you can go to any apple garage or parcel stop and hand it in oh. like even someone who's unbelievably lazy at stuff like that you know what i mean yeah the um, worst yeah like you're the worst could, at that shit. it could sit in that car and then it's never going to be seen again um no it's just seamless and i really really like the quality of the products now i'm, I'm doing some work with some designers there on a, a different project um that no longer work in sweaty betty and they would really have positive things to say about the organization how it was founded and i didn't know it was a uk company um one woman right. anyway that's an aside but what i'm saying is overall company's really good to deal with clothing is really good so they're taking policy. this they're taking this idea of like you go into a shop and you'll try on multiple things and just decide what you want to keep and they're saying that you can do that from home now we're going to make that as easy as possible and that's super clever isn't it and then even like if you like something you might get it in two sizes so you you, you know you have the right fit um you know it, it's it's really really good really good daily okay very good i've got one quick one for you as well so um ordered some meals this week from gourmet fuel and we've used them once before like a year ago or something maybe it's a bit longer and the food was really good but i just thought like they more arrived yesterday i just thought the process of ordering was pretty good like they have a, a large large menu of stuff i'm a very picky eater i had lots of options um you can order food like one off you can put it on a subscription and save money you can choose the length of the subscription two weeks four weeks eight weeks um but then while i was impressed with they like i ordered it they told me what day it was going to come and then they rang me to, to like see is everything okay and uh is everything set up exactly how i want and when I didn't answer the call, they sent an email to say, we just called, here's what we were gonna check with you. If you wanna call back, give us this. If not, uh, let us know by email. So they're, they're, they're making that effort to say like, like we're not just sending you meals, we're gonna get on a process with you. I just thought that was an extra step that I thought was really good. 
I just paused there when they said they rang and I didn't answer and they sent me an email I was saying, so it's not only my calls you don't answer it's <laughs> not only your calls I don't answer no but uh, yeah I just thought I just thought the way they wanted to connect with the customer because you can imagine with a company like that like I was just talking to a guy who tried to do a meal company kind of a similar thing in London with someone else um, a couple of years ago and it failed he said it was the hardest fucking business that you can imagine it's like you're trying to get food that's perishable you're trying to get it made without wasting lots of money you're trying to get a package right sent right stored correctly you're probably trying to get certain macros in the way as well and all of that he's, jazz, yeah. he's like it's really really hard business so um it sounded like that in that type of business i can imagine that if you're running it you're spending most of your time putting out those types of fires but i think if you if you're doing the other piece of calling people, sending the email, making all that side of it good as well, that's a sign that they're like, they're not just putting out fires all the time, that they're probably organized enough to do the customer service side just as well. And I'm sure, look, it's, I'm sure it's a crazy business to run, but it's from the customer, from my initial Seamless. thing, it's pretty good. I'm like, I was impressed with it. I thought that, tasty. that was cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Uh, you had a, a meal last night as well, didn't you? Yeah, um, and I like, I'm probably a little bit different than you. I like all the things that, mm. <laughs> like salmon and greens and stuff, you know. Um, so I really liked our food. Um, we did use it before, about two years ago, before we moved to the new house. And we just got out of the habit then of reordering. Um, I find it brilliant um, because, you know, you don't have a huge amount of time to cook. Um, and then we're not good at stuff like that. Uh, no, yeah, no, we're not. Like, yeah, I get, I get home at half ten tonight. Like, I'm not thinking. Mm, let's, let's put on. Like, let's prepare a full meal here. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really, so, really nice. having something there that you can just and throw I in the microwave. No, I'm probably gonna say something that's probably not correct. So. <laughs> oh no! Alarm bells. Yeah, yeah. Get the that, edit ready, you know James. When you go into supermarket Tesco and you see their fit food, healthy meals, you know, and I think, how well are they really? Their macros and stuff, you know. Um, and I could be completely wrong in saying that. So that, like, that could be me being an absolute idiot. Um, but it feels like. Well, I tell you what, there's a. Yeah, it does. The it. The, uh, the premium nature of the packaging of the of how it tastes of the website and everything gives you confidence that that uh, that what's going to come along with that is quality food and that what's written on the package is going to say what it is. Well, I think it says where they source their meat, where they source their vegetables, stuff yeah. like that. You know, um, so you do. Again, it could be just really good marketing, but mm. for me, it makes me think. Okay, so these are. Yeah. It is. So I'd be interested to see. You know, when you become a customer and you stick with it for a while, do, does it continue to be really good service? Because sometimes people are really good up front. But uh, I'll update you all on that. But um, it, yeah, I would recommend if you're looking for an easy way to get some control over your nutrition, I think it's a it's a good it's a good place to start. Okay, that's a recommendation. We only have one last thing to do, which is a would you rather. Okay, now this one is a bit um, longer, is it? A bit longer, it's a bit contrived. So, two options. <laughs> Darina's already Darina's rolling her eyes. Yeah, uh, Darina has the opinion that I'm a wanker, so is James, <laughs> cut from the same cloth, rolls her eyes at everything. So, James, <laughs> let's have a conversation yes, here. <laughs> so, two options. Would you rather a totally shit barista? But a great coffee, or a great barista, and an okay coffee. Oh, 
you asked me this the other day and I was like, it depends. And the answer is it depends. Okay. So what does it depend on? If I'm having a takeaway coffee, like I'm grabbing one and like, you know, sometimes we walk over to insomnia and we walk straight back. I'm like, for that, I'd rather have a good coffee because I'm, I'm with you and we're having a chat and we're coming straight back anyway. I don't really care about the barista. Well, there's other times where I'm like, I'm going to a coffee shop to experience the whole thing. Like those lads I was talking about, uh, unfiltered, where I want a good barista. I also want a good coffee, but I want the service and everything around it to be really good as well. So for me, if I'm sitting in... Okay, well, let's say the sitting in ver- version, you're going to actually go and have a coffee. I'd rather have a, a, a good service with a, a good barista. Then. So, you, so you're a gra- sacrifice. So a great barista with an average to good coffee? i take that for sitting in. Dorina, what would you go for? No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> what an arsehole question do I want my barista to jump up and down or do I want my coffee you know, kilt uh, beans I don't know <laughs> look <laughs> so you're going to say no answer to this no 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 no, no. I'm just saying I don't think it's an issue we're after talking about people dying longevity and health <laughs> no I'm joking no no seriously um, for me I wouldn't have a cultured palate so that the coffee isn't important. It's is the place warm? Um, does yeah, but I didn't ask about the warmth. I'm asking about the barista. A big part of the warmth is how people how people greet you, and how people good counter, with you. good There's, counter. Because you would say to me if your staff were in smiling, or you wouldn't be a happy man. Yeah. This is you know, getting in. This is an inside breakfast. We're bitching at each other back and forth. Um, no, I for me because I don't have a cultured palate. To, the people so, there uh, are the more pe- yeah it's more important yeah and and i think i'd agree with that I, I was saying to james recently you know the apple green garage between here and the airport the kind of newer one it's across from the old gym yeah the big place there was a person in there who used to manage the the coffee shop in there like there's a really good coffee shop in there and she was amazing she was this person who would always be really professional like the staff would always be great and it was always just like everyone seemed happy behind the counter like they would be working well but she was always like good eye contact like gave you great service great coffee there you go boom and then she left and there's another guy who used to be staffed there and he's now running the place and he's a guy who doesn't give any eye contact who just talks to his co-workers all the time. You know, one of that, those sort of places. So you feel like you're an inconvenience every time you go in. And everything's gotten worse. And I've stopped going. I'm like, I can't go in there, even though the coffee's good. Because it just annoys me every time I go in. So for me, I think it matters. It matters. It really matters. If the person you're going into, I'm not saying that I have to fucking jump around and perform like a monkey. Like, it's not that. It's not It's not like, oh, everybody should be amazing at their job, no matter what. I get some jobs are just shit, and you're like, fuck this. But there is a way to do it, and I think it matters. I think the overarching point here is we're saving to do up the house. You shouldn't be buying takeout coffees. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Darina, it's been a pleasure. We'll do this again in about five years' time, hopefully. Uh, thanks for the chat.